Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome our South Shore campus joining us, our Gulf Coast, those every week that join us online and Facebook Live. And every week as well, I want to particularly welcome all the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and the St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? You know, we are beginning a five-week series called Beyond. And that word beyond, why, why did I choose the word beyond? It's actually a word in Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 3.20. He says that God wants to do beyond. Everybody say beyond. In two ways I'm going to be teaching over the next five weeks. Number one, God wants to do something beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine in your life personally. God wants you to make an impact with your life. God, Listen, God is not satisfied with just us existing. But God wants us to intentionally make an impact for him in this sphere in which God has given us, in the generation in which God has placed us. I love the scripture in Acts 13, 36. The Bible says that David served the Lord in his generation. I want to stand before God one day. Listen, I'm not going to be judged, and you're not going to be judged based upon what happened in 1850, but I am going to be judged. Did I do what God called me to do in my generation? And so are you. That God has called each one of us to make a big difference for him, but not only individually, but God has called us corporately. See, here's the thing. Christianity is personal, but it's not private. Let me say that again. I had, as a matter of fact, I was in college one time, and I was sharing my faith with somebody. I said, well, listen, you know, this is, you know, this is, uh, my, my faith is, is very private. And I said, time out. No, it's not. Not according to the Bible. Your faith is personal. But biblical Christianity, listen, is a corporate reality as well. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul said it this way. One is the eye. One is the ear. One is the hand. In other words, we all need one another. We are corporately, as the body of Christ, making a difference for God. So, it's, so God wants to use our lives to make a difference individually, but also corporately. Now, how does God do that? How does God use somebody's life? How does God make an impact through somebody's life personally and corporately? I'll tell you how he does it. He begins with this concept called vision. Let me give you a definition of the word vision here for a moment. Vision. By the way, if you wonder why I'm using this, it's because I have a son that plays Friday night football, and I was yelling big time. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking And listen, I'm, so my, my last son is going to be finishing football, and so I was screaming. So last night when I was preaching, I was, I was a little thin, so I needed some power. I got to also watch my yelling on Friday night. But anyway, here we go. What is vision? A vision is a clear mental picture of a preferable future. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. A vision is a clear mental picture of a preferable future. It's interesting, if you're going to build a house, and if you, whether you're single or whether you're married, the first thing that you do is you sit down with either an architect or a builder that has house plans. Now listen, this is important. And the very first thing that you do is you begin to pick a house plan. In other words, blueprints. In other words, you decide upon what you want to build before you begin to build. Nobody just gets out there. I mean, no contract. Where you want? Let's just add something here. Let's just do. Let's just do something here. Let's just pull a wall down here. That, that, that's not how it works. 
but you build off of the plan. Do you know that God wants to speak to us with such clarity? By the way, I don't think you have to be 30 or 40 or 50 and beat up by life when you can finally discover God's plan. Why don't we teach him young? Come on, are you all with me? Why don't we teach him? You can hear from God, you can know God, and you can understand God's plan, God's dream, God's vision for our lives. So in other words, when God gives us, God gives us his vision for our lives. We can begin to build a life of intentionality. We can build a life of purpose and intentionality off of God's plan. The same thing is true corporately as a church. We don't wake up every day and what are we going to do? No, we can understand God's vision for Church of the King. What is God's plan for Church of the King? I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 29. Here's what the Bible says. Where there is no what? Say it. Vision. The people what? Say it perish. I like what another translation says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. But let's flip it around. Where there's vision. When you know God's vision for your life, when you and I know God's vision, when we know God's dream, listen, there's high intentionality. There's high purpose for our life. Whether it's an individual, whether it's a family, whether it's a church family, when we know God's vision, when we know God's plan, we won't perish. We'll actually make an impact for God. I never forget when I was, uh, you guys have heard the story. Those have been part of our church. But when I was in college, there were some different opportunities that I had. And I was a junior. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do and whether I was going to try to go to law school or, matter of fact, a businessman was mentoring me that I was working for. And he's like, I'm going to pay for you to get an MBA and you'll work with me. And, and, and so I had some options. But, but, but the problem was is that, is that I began to see a picture of my future that was not lining up with that. Matter of fact, I remember in my prayer time, I, I, would, I would get alone with God and I had a journal. By the way, you ought to have a journal. You ought to be able to write down what God speaks to you about it and, and what God puts in. And every time I would get alone with God, I began to see. And it kind of at first freaked me out a little bit, just to be honest. But I would see this picture. And, and, and the picture was I, I would see myself speaking before people and making a difference and, and making an impact. And I never forget talking to one of my pastors. And I, and I told him, I said, man, listen, this is crazy. I said, I, I, I just feel like God, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how you kind of quantify or qualify, but it, but it seems like God is, I think God's calling me to, to, into the ministry because I keep getting this picture, this, I keep getting this, everybody say this word, say it, vision. I keep getting this vision of the future of myself doing that. What is that? I remember one of them said, well, that's definitely not the devil. I mean, no, the devil's not giving you a picture of mine making a difference for Jesus. Are y'all with me? The fact of the matter is, is that we all need a clear vision from God. You show me a man, you show me a woman, you show me a person, you show me a young man, a young, you show me anybody at any age. By the way, you're never too old to dream a dream for God. You're never too old to have a vision from God. You show me a person, you show me a family, you show me a church. It's working off of God's plan. They're not just trying to figure it out every day, but, but, but they're, they're working off of God's plan, God's vision. You show me a church that does that, I'll show you a church that's making a difference for Christ. It's interesting. I, there's an there's a amazing few verses in the Old Testament related to this. It was one of my favorite verses. As a matter of fact, I memorized it early on. And it's in the book. It's a small book in the Old Testament 
called Habakkuk. And it's an interesting book. Matter of fact, it is, it is legal in Church of the King to look in the concord or to look in the table of contents. Would you turn to Habakkuk? All right. It's, it's a small book and it's, it's written around 600 BC by the prophet. And here's what he said. He talked about the importance of vision. He, he talked about the importance of, of you and I having a vision from God and what to do with it. It's one thing to have a vision from God, but, but it's another thing to do it. In other words, we've got, what do we do with this plan from God when we get it from, from God? The, 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 the Chaldeans were pressing in on the people of God. They were taking advantage of them. They were abusing them. And here it is. God tapped the shoulder of this prophet, and this prophet began to cry out to God and say, God, you know, what do we do? And God speaks to Habakkuk, and here's what he tells us. This is so important. I'm talking about how do we make, watch this, how do we make a difference with our lives? How do we make a difference in our family? How do we make a difference for Christ in our communities where God has placed us? Look what God told Habakkuk. This is so interesting. Habakkuk chapter 2 Verse 2 and 3. Here's the word again. He said, write the what? Say it. Vision. There's the word again. Write the vision. So, so we know the vision, it's an internal picture of a preferable future. Write the vision and make it plain on your iPad. That's 21st century. Come on now. We're not, how many of y'all have tablets in your room? You don't have, Actually, I still work off of a yellow tablet. Any yellow tablet folk in the house, I, I still got that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. All right, so he's speaking to me. Write the vision and make it plain on whatever you write it on, that he or she may run who reads it. In other words, the person that has a vision from God, the person that sees the vision from God, they write it down. And by the way, they review it. You guys that have ever been to goal-setting seminars, you'll tell, they'll, they'll teach you this principle that it's not just writing them down, but it's weekly reviewing your goals that bring internal intentionality, that it focuses your body chemistry, your emotions. Your, so it's not just writing down, but it's reviewing them. So it says that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's always futuristic. It's out there. When God started speaking to me and giving me a picture of the future, it wasn't, it wasn't of the present. The dream or the vision, just like when, 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 when Joseph had a dream of his brothers bowing down, that was a picture, a present picture of a future reality. He says it's yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. In other words, it's going to come to pass. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, though it waits, wait for it. Because it will surely, it will surely come to pass. It's amazing when you begin to think about the power of vision in our lives. It begins when we hear from God, when we spend time with Jesus, when we, when we begin to hear, we have our journal, we go to that prayer time and God begins to speak to us. I want to encourage, I want to challenge everybody, every one of our campuses, that, that, that you are never too old to have a vision from God. You're never too young. You are right where you need to be. And let's hear from God and let's write it down. Why? And then we weekly review it. We daily review it. Because those that read it will move towards the fulfillment of it. This is not just, this is not just for individuals, but this is, this is also for families in a church. Matter of fact, I had one of the questions that people ask me all the time. Pastor, how, how do I know? How do I know if I have like a good, like a God vision or just my own thing? In other words, a God dream versus a good dream. How do I know if it's really from God versus just out of my own soul? Let me give you three quick things. How do you know if a vision is from you or from, from God? Number one, 
God's vision is always bigger than your vision for your life. Now, I changed the notes a little bit from yesterday because I added this. Last night when I was teaching, I realized, we have Saturday night service, I realized that, 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 that I wanted to add. God's vision is always, everybody say this word, bigger than your vision for your life. Listen, I, I, I taught to teenagers for years, eight years I spoke to kids, but, but I would say the same thing to you. Whatever your vision is for your life, it's smaller than God's vision for your life. God invested gifts and talents and abilities on the inside of you to make a difference for him. And you're uniquely designed by God. Now, by the way, this is the scripture over five weeks. I, I'm going to be going over and over because it is such a powerful verse. In Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. And here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, now to him, that's God, who is able to do. Now, I want you to, I want you to grapple with the reality of this verse. Sometimes we just read over things and we just go quickly past it. Now to God, who is able to do, God's the one doing it, far more abundantly, what's that next word? Say it, beyond. There's the word, beyond. In other words, wherever it is right now, God's able to go beyond. All that we can notice, he locates God's power extending beyond in two particular places. Number one, that we can ask. In other words, whatever you can ask in life from God. According to this verse, God says, I can go beyond that. Now, how many know that's big? But, but, but he doesn't just stop there. It's not just what you ask. It's not just God is so big. I want you to think about God is, is well, he's the creator. And he's so big. This is amazing. He says, whatever you can ask or, what's that next word? Think. In other words, our rational cognitive reasoning skills, whatever you can envision, whatever you can think in your own mind, God says, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, God's thoughts for your life are bigger than your thoughts for your life. Man, that's amazing. I think, my gosh, but according to his power that works. It's not according to our personality. It's not according to, to our strength, our wisdom, and our wit. God, it's God. God is able to do this exceedingly abundantly. It's so much bigger. I want to say this again. God's plan for your life is always bigger than your plan for your life. You know, in Mark chapter 6, fascinating scripture, the Bible says that Jesus actually came into this, to this city and the Bible actually said, question, can we limit, can we limit God's impact in our life? The answer biblically is yes. Psalm 78 says the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel because of their unbelief. Mark chapter 6, the Bible says Jesus went into a town and he could do no mighty work and he marveled at their unbelief. It's not our job to produce the miracles. It's our job to believe that God can do the miracle. It's not our job to produce, it's our job to believe. Number two, the second thing here. I mean, I'm getting excited. I, I may start doing this every week. I just feel extra power up here. I don't know, you know. I'm, I'm going to be careful next Friday too. But no, number two, here it is. God's dream and vision is impossible to accomplish without God's help. See, this is what differentiates us Christians from just a secular self-help thing. And I know there's lots of great things out there and goals. I know all that's cool and, and it's helpful and some, but, but there's a difference. Because when we have God's vision for our life, 
When we have God's dream for our life, it's impossible to accomplish it without God's help. This is God's plan. In other words, the weightiness of God's plan is so big. I'm pushing you right now because this is biblical. It's so big, the weight of it actually pushes you to a point where you're on your knees. Or in other words, you need God's help to accomplish God's dream. If you can accomplish it in your own strength, it's too small. You need God. You need God's help to accomplish God's plan. Remember, I'm going to say this over and over and over again. God's plan for your life is bigger than your plan for your life. It's bigger than what you can ask, and it's bigger than what you can even think. Number three, the third thing here is that God's vision is compelling. Compelling. It's interesting. I had somebody talking to me about dreams and visions once and how all this works and, and how does God speak and, and, and I just, I said this, I said, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you the difference between having a man-made vision and a God vision. A man-made vision, don't miss this, a man-made vision you have. A God-given vision has you. In other words, it's compelling to you. Let me give you an example in a Bible. Do you, do you remember, do you remember the very first people that got the gospel? What was the name of that people group? Very simple. They were the... Jewish people. So the Jewish people, Acts chapter 2, Peter, a Jewish man, stood up. There were all these Jewish people that were hearing the gospel in Jerusalem. The very first, quote, people group, ethnos, ethnic group, the very first group were Jewish people. They were in, they were in Jerusalem celebrating Passover. Very powerful. The second group of people, does anybody know the second group of people that got the gospel? They were the Samaritans, half-Jews. If you read the book of Isaiah, they were half Jewish and they were half Assyrians, Acts chapter 8. Does anybody know the third group of people that received the gospel? Come on, this is, y'all been waiting for years for me to say this. Does anybody know the third group of people that got the gospel? They were the Italians. Come on, any Italians in the house? Come on, raise your hand. How many of y'all feel good about yourself right now? You got it before all those Anglo-Saxons in England. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, it was a man named Cornelius. Cornelius in his house. He was a Gentile, all right? But he was an Italian. Interestingly, listen, listen, this is important. This is important. Do you know how that happened? God called Peter to go to the Gentiles not one time, not two times, but three times. In other words, God's vision for Peter's life to make a difference for him. And this is what's so great about God. Even if you miss it, God's coming back after you to help you. Not one time, not two times, but three times. He kept saying, Peter, I'm telling you, because Peter's a Jew. And like, Jews don't hang out with Gentiles. It's like, and he gives him this dream and his vision, this thing coming down. Said, and Peter's like, that's not from God. That's not from God. That's pizza I ate last night. That's not from God. That's not from God. That's I finally got. He goes, okay, you're speaking to me, God. Matter of fact, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and he's almost reluctant. And the power of God falls and he sees that Gentiles can be saved. What's my point? When you are possessing God's vision, it compels your life. Moves you in a particular. How many of y'all want God's vision for your life? Come on, how many of y'all want that? I want that in my life. You want that. I want that. Our family and this church. We need to understand God has a dream. Listen, we're not just waking up every day just doing whatever. We're building off of God's plans. 
Just like building a house where we're operating off of the architectural plans. When you have a vision from God, it is God's architectural plans in your mind and in your heart building towards a bright future. I began to think about Church of the King, how, how Church of the King even, even started. I was, a, I was 30 I, in my 20s. I went to college. Then I went to Bible college. Then I came back and I went to seminary. I went to the Baptist seminary in the early 90s. And that, that's where I was. And I had an opportunity. My pastor, the associate pastor at the time, had a vision from God to start high school clubs. And it's a long story. It's called Next Generation Today. And he asked me if I would take it over. They had a, one group at East Jefferson High School. They had three or four or five kids meeting after school. And, and so I took it over as a, as a, as a young minister. And, and that was a, a goal. And the thing just grew. And God did amazing things. It's still going today. It's incredible. Next Generation. Bible clubs and junior, volunteer Bible clubs in junior high and high school. So I did that. That's what I did in the 90s. In the end of, in 1999, I went to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I said, I feel like God's called me to start a church. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And he said, why don't you pray about Baton Rouge, maybe Houston, Texas. And so my wife and I, we prayed in these different places, talking about God's vision, God's dream. We went to New York. We went to Florida. We went to Houston. We drove around Baton Rouge. All Because I, I just felt like in my, it was time for me to, to I, I wanted to pastor a church. I felt God's called to do that. And it was interesting. And so my pastor in April comes to me, and here's what he says. He said, Steve, there was a church that, that, that I was involved with that we had started years ago. And it's disbanded, and there's a gentleman, Dr. Greg Mule, who's still one of our elders today, had come to me and, and asked if I would find a young minister that would come and restart and start a church on the North Shore. And I really feel like you should do this. I said, Pastor, I, uh, all due respect, I said, I just don't, I don't feel that in my heart. I, but, but I'll pray about it. And so that was April 99, May of 1999. I saw him after church because I was, that's where I was going to church, across the lake. And I was a, I was a youth evangelist, and I, and I ran this, this thing called Next Generation. And he came to me and said, Steve, I, I, have you been praying about it? He goes, I really feel that God is calling you to do this. I really, you need to really consider this. I said, Pastor, I said, I, 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 I'll pray about it, but I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about that, you know? So he goes, okay. He comes back in the summertime. He sees me on a parking lot. Now I'm avoiding him. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know when God's talking to you, you start trying to do it. You take U-turns, man, off ramps, you know what I'm saying? But God's faithful. God's faithful. He catches me in the summertime and says, Steve, I really feel this is, I really feel you need to pray about this, man. You and Jennifer, I really feel this is God. So in August 1999, I was preaching. I was gone that summer, five out of seven weeks. I'd preach youth camps. I'd come home on the weekend, then I would leave on a Sunday night or early Monday, and I would go and I'd preach around the country. Youth camps, that's what I would do in the summertime. Youth conventions, youth revivals, stuff like that. And so I was in Eunice, Louisiana, August 1999. And uh, I, I just spoke for a church down their youth camp. And Friday morning, or I, was, I was leaving, and uh, we finished on Thursday night, and, and I had my cell phone. I remember I was in Eunice. Anybody ever been to Eunice? It's a massive city and uh, <laughs> big skyscrapers. And so I'm just playing. It is, by the way, the Bhutan capital of the whole world. And I know that because I saw a sign, <laughs> self-proclaimed sign. Okay, they said that. So... What's so interesting is, is that I, I, uh, we had a phone. How many of you remember when you had phones that were as big as like suitcases? Y'all remember that? And I remember we were talking about, I had a little Toyota Corolla, a Camry. And I remember my wife said to me, she goes, Steve, how's the week going? And we would check in. She goes, oh, I said it was good. And she goes, she goes, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about 
But pastors asked us, and, and what, do, what do you feel God's saying? And I said, it's funny you say that. I said, I feel like we really need to go, maybe this is God. And I'm not trying to be weird, spooky, mystical, but this car, I just sensed the presence of God fill up the car. I heard a voice, not an audible voice, which people have in the Bible. I never have. But I heard inside, and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, I'm sending you guys across the lake to raise up a church to touch a region. Now, let me qualify. We're not the only church in this area, but we're part of what God's doing. And I thought, how many of y'all believe that Church of the King is at least part of what God's doing? Come on, do y'all believe that? At least part of it. We're on God's team with other great churches. But, and so I went back to my pastor, and we, we started on a Saturday night. We're talking about everybody say vision. So you have an individual vision, but there's a corporate vision. As a Christian, we are to belong to a local church where there's a corporiety, there's a corporal nature, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a collective sense where you and I are together doing something together. So we're individually making a difference, but we're corporately making a difference. It's interesting, uh, we started on a Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, 1999, we, we started uh, a first Sunday service. We had 90 people. It was awesome. It was incredible. Right down here on Harry Lemons Road in, in Mandeville. Now, remember God's word. God's raising up Church of the King to make a difference in the region. After one year, we had 300 people. By the way, I mean, I had my full-blown suit. You know, I kind of go through trends. Sometimes I wear shirts. I mean, I always wear shirts. But I mean, sometimes that's a good thing for a pastor, you know. And so sometimes I wear jackets. Sometimes I don't. But I used to wear a full-blown suit. Man, I'd just spit on everybody on the front row. Get rebaptized every week whether you wanted to or not. You know what I'm talking about. And it, it, it was just God. It was just, it was just God. People getting saved. It was amazing. Matter of fact, that first year or two, we began to develop this line, the vision statement of the church. Everybody say, reaching people, say, building lives. It's always been, been, been about people. It's always been about life transformation. People meeting Jesus. After the first year, we had th almost 400 people. We met in the Castine Center. Those of you, how many of y'all were part of that first year of the church? I see you guys. I see down here as well. It was just amazing. It was God. I didn't really know what I was doing. We had a team. Pastor Randy wasn't here yet, so I really didn't know what I was doing. And I was just, we just, but I'm preaching. We're living for God. We're praying. And God, but God's, God's vision is burning on the inside. Year two, we had an opportunity to buy uh, right here at the Little Creek campus an adventure, adventure skate. It was a skating rink, our annex. It was a I remember when we moved in, I finally told everybody that day, because there were some people who didn't realize it was a skating rink. I said, y'all didn't know that we are, this is cheesy, holy rollers. Come on, you know that's... <laughs> That's cheesy. I know that's cheesy. I hadn't said that in years, but anyway, so, so we, we renovated a thousand seat auditorium right here. Remember God's vision, God's vision. You don't have it. It has you. Little did we know we moved in two days before nine one one. And that year, the church exploded with growth. There are people coming up, pastor, and they were saying, I don't know. You know, when you say turn in the book of Leviticus, we don't know where that is. I remember telling Randy, because he had just come a year or two, and I said, man, these are, these are people. Some of these people don't even know anything about the Bible. This is amazing. Everybody say, reaching people, building lives. So for four years, the church exploded in growth. We went to five services all the way up to 2005. By the way, we did our first capital campaign called Imagine a Place. How many of y'all remember Imagine a Place? We raised $3 million. When you do a capital campaign, it's always offerings. Everybody say tithes and say offerings. An offering is in the Bible 
it's, an, it's above your regular tithing. And it's a sacrificial gift. And we raised $3 million. What did we do? We paid off land, property. We renovated our children's space. We bought more. It was just incredible. Just, we ended up, that went from 2003 to 2006. But what's interesting about it is we ended up the weekend before Hurricane Katrina, we had 3,245 people in church the weekend before. Man, it was exciting. High five. Man, God is moving. Of course, we go through Hurricane Katrina, and then you know what happens. We don't have church for a month. We come back, and we have 1,350 people. Was anybody part of that first service when we had there? It was just, it was just, do you guys remember? It was just, it was just surreal walking into church. And I remember thinking to myself, well, what about God's dream? What about imagining a place? People moving, Dallas, Houston, I understand they had to move and that wanted to, but, but, but it needed to for work. But, but here it was, we were here. And I kept thinking to myself, but what about God's vision? What about God's dream? Remember this, you don't have God's dream. God's dream has you. God's vision has you. It was during that time we ended up buying, initially we bought the St. Charles campus down there in New Orleans because we wanted to renovate it and get a church going. And, and, uh, but we ended up, we ended up uh, starting just community serving, doing dental care and medical care, veterinarian stuff, just serving the community just with a towel. That's what we did. 2008, here in the Little Creek campus, we, were, campus, we ended up buying some more property and doing our second capital campaign called Legacy. And uh, it was amazing. We had a bunch of pledges, and then and we had almost $4 million come in in the first six months above our regular tithe. And then the market crashes, and you guys know what happened there. And our loan got pulled, and we ended up having to build cash. We, this building, we had to pay $25 million before we, could, uh, before we could borrow anything. And you guys, many of you were part of that. Those were tough days. But in the meantime, in 2010... We took over a church that I had started uh, with a friend in Biloxi called Church of the King. We had taken that back over. So now we have this Little Creek campus. We're building this building that we're in right here. We have our St. Charles campus. We're renovating down there and we're serving the community. We now have our Biloxi campus. All right. We put Pastor Jeremy Usry in there. He's doing a great job. Every week we've got six to 700 people. Can we give it up for all the folks, Biloxi, that are with us live right now? So excited to have you guys. So, so excited. They're doing an amazing job there. And then in 2012, we started, get this, we started on the South Shore. We had 200 people that were driving from the South Shore to this campus. They said, we've got to have a church. It was taking a while for St. Charles Avenue. And so we started in East Jefferson High School in the same room that I started Next Generation in 1993. We started in 2012. That was kind of like, wow, interesting. And we started. And now, and then we did that for five years, a year and a half ago. We renovated a building on West Napoleon, and uh, this morning there'll be close to a thousand people in five services, two Saturday night, three Sunday morning, that are live with us right now. Can we give it up for all the South Shore folks? Come on now. <laughs> Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave, all you guys are amazing. So we are so excited and so thrilled. I want to give you just a, a, some announcements that are so, remember, everybody say vision. Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. Remember how Church of the King, by the way, let me go on record and say, Church of the King is God's dream. It's not my dream. I'm stewarding over God's dream. By the way, you want to get free in life, realize that you're simply stewarding over God's dream for your life. It belongs to God. We belong to God. Our kids belong to God. Our relationships belong to God. But we steward over that. So we were so excited. We have needed a permanent location 
uh, in our Kenner Metairie area, they're jammed out at 11.30 service. They're literally standing in the foyer watching it on a TV. We only have 250 seats, 1,000 people. So I want to just make a couple of announcements. i got about 7, 8, 10 minutes. I want you guys to stay with me, all right? Uh, you'll be out of here at 10.40, so everybody stay with me. It's actually 10 minutes. Yes, 10 minutes right now. So we are so excited. God has provided a permanent location that we have a purchase agreement on. Uh, in Kenner, I used to, as a boy, go to movies there. Can you guys pull up what we've got a purchase agreement? This is the old uh, movie theater. It's 40,000 square feet in the Esplanade Mall. We're calling this now the West Esplanade Campus. We will close next month, uh, and it'll be full. Do we have the new rendering of what it will look like? I don't know if we have that. Yeah, nice. How many all excited? We're going to have a 40,000 square foot building. Come on now. So now you won't have to stand in the foyer to go to church. And so here's what's cool. We have a 900-seat auditorium. Then we also have an overflow 300 seats. So technically, we're going to have 1,200 seats. 1,200 seats. So I want you to think. So it's actually four different things we're doing. I want everybody to stay with me. This is very important. The second thing that we're doing, so this is in Kenner. We're excited about that. Because how many of y'all believe that God wants to use Church of the King to reach this region for Jesus? Come on. How many of y'all believe that? We believe that we're part of that. Number two, the second thing that I want to show you is this. Simultaneously, we're also doing it St. Charles Avenue. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So, so we're also renovating this building starting in 30 days. Uh, this is 1,200 seats. So we actually have 1,200 seats in Kenner, 900 in the 300 overflow. This is 1,200 seats. And uh, some of you may have seen last month that we got a very generous gift from the former owner of the Hornets, a matching gift. And uh, very excited about that. So this is 55,000 square foot building, the old Jerusalem temple where my mom used to go see the circus. Had a guy tell me last night, Pastor, there were elephants in that building. I'm telling you, there was elephants. I don't know how you can fit them, but they were there. So we're really excited about that. Number three, so Pastor, what do we, so this is the, everybody say St. Charles Campus. Say West Esplanade Campus. So what about the Little Creek campus? What are we going to do at the Little Creek campus? We're actually doing a number of things at the Little Creek campus. All right? Uh, I want you guys to pull up this picture because this is all under what's called the Beyond campaign. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. So when we moved in this building, we weren't able to finish a bunch of things. We're actually doing three things. Number one, we are purchasing for $1.5 million. Chilco, we're out of office space. Uh, there's 120 full-time employees. There's 260 employees full-time and part-time at Church of the King. We can't fit in 10,000 square feet of trailers. That's where we are, Mo and our modular buildings. We were supposed to build a 30,000 square foot building right here, but we didn't do that. We weren't able to f afford that when we moved in this building. So we've been, we've been in these modular offices right here. So we have been believing God for 15, actually for 19, 18 years. For Chilco, two reasons. One, for more office space, 10,000 square feet office. Number two, we are so grateful that we are, God is using Church of the King, not just to be a come and see church, but a go and do church. Community outreach is one of our top priorities. So we are, building the, we are buying this building as, as offices and our community. How many are grateful that we have literally each year thousands of people in our church that serve way more than that in our community? How many are grateful that we can be a part of that? 
So at the Little Creek campus, we're doing, this is a renovate, we're buying this building, 1.5 million, then there's 1.1 million, we're paving, finishing all this exterior work that we're, uh, all the drainage, all the shells are gone, all the paving, we're doing an incredible, beautiful thing out here, and then the last thing we're doing is, uh, we're doing a, ball, a, a sports complex that we've needed to do, uh, that we weren't able to do five years ago. Full-blown softball fields, or baseball, a soccer, a pavilion. I think they have a picture of that. I'm not sure. This is cool. So this is also we stay in shape until Jesus returns. Come on, how many of y'all? We're excited about that. And our last thing I want to share is this. The last thing at our Gulf Coast campus, which has grown 33% last year. We are going from 300 seats to 550 seats. So one capital campaign. It's called Beyond. Everybody say Beyond. But four different projects. So we're raising to make a bigger impact. We want to position ourselves. Pastor, what's going to happen at Little Creek when we fill up all these services? We'll just add more services. We'll figure it out. Because I don't believe, well, Pastor, shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't Church King stop growing when everybody within a 30-minute distance of each one of our campuses has either rejected Christ or had an opportunity to receive Christ, we're going to keep seeing people reached and built for Jesus. Come on, are y'all with me? That's what we're going to keep doing. So over, this is a 26-month campaign, 26 months starting uh, right now. But in, in one month, we'll have an opportunity uh, to, 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 so Little Creek, uh, we're raising $4 million, Gulf Coast $1 million, West Esplanade Campus, $3 million to renovate. St. Charles Campus, $17.5. We already have two and a half plus seven and a half. So we're actually only raising $7.5 million uh, there. A matching gift uh, that Mr. George Shin gave. Let me give you a couple more things and, we're, and we'll close. So what is it called? Ephesians 3.20. Can we go to Ephesians 3.20? Why are we calling this campaign the Beyond Campaign? I'm going to tell you why. Because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. I believe that God wants us to position us as a church to reach our region. If I told you, you, when you see the annual report, what our church is, millions of dollars every year giving away, planting churches, starting things around the world. God is using church King way beyond. Remember, this is not about Pastor Steve. This wasn't even my idea. I work for you guys. I work, But we have an incredible team that is committed to seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just in our community, but go around the world. How many of y'all are grateful for that? Come on, y'all ready? Are y'all grateful? By the way, right now, there'll be 7,000 people in our three campuses, but there'll be an additional 2,000 at all of our, at our, at our at the jails. There's 9,000 people right now listening, or this weekend that are listening, and how much more online? And we're part of that. We believe that God wants us to go above and beyond. I'll give you this last thing. So what do we do? What do we, what do, where, where do we go from here? Let me give you some important dates. Uh, if you can pull those dates up for me. November 2nd, we got a night of prayer and worship. November 3rd and 4th, all right, that's, that's when LSU plays Alabama. That's a holy weekend. I'm just joking, but I'm just playing. Somebody will email me. I'm not going to read it. I only read nice ones, but anyway, that's just to let you know. So, so November 3rd and 4th, November 3rd and 4th, that's a weekend. We're going to have an opportunity to make a pledge. It's not a legally binding document, but it's simply a faith pledge saying, I'm believing God over the next 26 months. And by the way, those of you here at the Little Creek campus, 
Many of you have given, we've given from this campus millions of dollars. By the way, the St. Charles campus is totally debt-free. How many of y'all are grateful for that? Totally debt-free. You guys paid for that. So everybody at the Little Creek campus, and I know I'm speaking to all the campuses, many of you will want to participate in the $4 million campaign here. But some of you may still want to give towards the St. Charles campus. Part of that matched. Really, we're only raising really $7.5 million because we've already got 10. Or we, yeah, we've already got, yes, 10. So it's, we're really just raising $7.5 million for that, all right? Uh, so, so that'll be this weekend. We'll also have an opportunity this weekend but, to make a pledge. But First Fruits, what is that? That's the weekend. That's the weekend where we, where we can give maybe 10 or 20% of whatever we pledge as a first fruits towards that. Here's so, Pastor, when are we going to get into Kenner, the West Esplanade campus, one of St. Charles, according to the funds that come in? We will be ready, according to our construction plan, to move in both. Think about this. To move in both of those buildings, we'll go from 250 seats to 2,400 seats. We'll be ready in 12 months. We'll be ready in 12 months. It's incredible. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Would you guys stand? Our Gulf Coast campus, we're raising $1 million to renovate that building there as our fourth one. We're so excited about that. Here's, I'm going to ask you three things. Be involved. Be involved. These next five weeks, I'm teaching and preaching about God's plan for your life. It's both. It's, listen, it's both. Is this all going to be about a campaign for five weeks? It's about you making a difference and us as a church making it. You can't separate. You've got to be part of a church, a family. And we, I believe that God has called us personally but collectively to make a difference. Everybody say, be involved. The second thing is be informed. Let me tell you what we've got. You're going to get today walking out. This is incredible. This is a book that we've done. for. Every, I want every single person to take one at all of our campuses this explains exactly what we're doing, and it's also a 35-day devotional. A 35-day devotional where we're going to be reading. Really, this whole thing that we're on is a spiritual journey. It's five weeks of messages, and it's reading this book together. I believe that God wants our faith to grow as a church. I, I, I believe God's personally challenging me as a man, as a leader, that I need to believe the way God wants me to believe. I need to speak the way God wants me to speak. I need to, listen, I need to act the way. Why? God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. That's the Bible. That I need to make sure that I don't limit what God wants to do in your life because of my limited thinking. Are you all with me? By the way, that's sober for a pastor. I don't want my lack of faith to impact what God wants to do in your life under the teaching in this church. I want you to believe God big. We need to dream big. Believe big. Pray big prayers. Why? God's a big God. So, so what is the Beyond campaign? It's five weeks of messages on the weekend. It's reading this together. And we're all on a journey. It's a spiritual journey. What would God have you to do to participate? I'm telling you, God's going to do great things. Let me just pray. Father, I'm so grateful that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we can ask all we can think and all. God, you've called Church of the King. You've called all of us to make a difference for Jesus in this area, in the region that you've placed us. Lord, bless your people. Speak to us. Expand our thinking. Expand our prayer life, oh God. Expand our believing. 
I pray the favor and the blessing of God upon every man, woman, boy, and girl in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you.